There are 36 Aboriginal child and family centres across Australia. The Aboriginal Child and Family Centre program was funded under the Indigenous Early Childhood Development National Partnership Agreement as a Closing the Gap initiative over the period 2008 to 2014. As we know, the National Partnership Agreement expired on the 30th of June 2014. Funding for the centres was first extended to June 2016 using residual funds provided by the Commonwealth under the National Partnership Agreement. This extension of funds supported the immediate continuation of centres on the condition that they worked towards a sustainable model. Regular listeners of the Early Education Show know exactly what that means. Some states, including Western Australia and New South Wales, provided temporary funding, with many Aboriginal child and family centres being forced to operate at a significantly reduced rate. Others, such as South Australia, the Northern Territory and Tasmania, chose to manage centres directly. The Queensland Government delivered continued funding for their 10 centres, the majority of which are Aboriginal-owned and operated. Victorian services have not received any state funding and are operating on substantially reduced budgets. In 2018, in New South Wales, funds for Aboriginal child and family centres come through the Indigenous Advancement Strategy and also Family and Community Services, but there is never secure tenure of funds. The transition to CCS presents further threats to ongoing operation. In this interview, I talk with Kim King, the Acting Chairperson of Yenu Alawa, the Aboriginal Child and Family Centre in Mount Druitt. Yenu Alawa is an integrated centre with services to support children and their families. There's an early education centre, supported playgroups, parent education and so much more. In talking with Kim, I wanted to share her story of working collectively in establishing an Aboriginal Child and Family Centre and how she sees the path ahead for the centre. When I listened back to this interview, what struck me was that a lot of our conversation was about the challenges of being a board member. This adds another layer of complexity in the work in community. Most of all, I wanted to highlight the important work of the Aboriginal Child and Family Centres, centres with community leadership and big visions for the future, visions that may indeed be casualties caused by insecure funding. Kim exemplifies this year's NAIDOC theme, Because of Her We Can, This year's theme celebrates the essential role that women have played and continue to play as active and significant role models at the community, local, state and national levels. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So I'm talking with Kim King from uh, Yenu Alawa Aboriginal Child and Family Centre in... Mount Druitt, Druitt, isn't it? Yes, Mount Druitt, on the way to Rooty Hill. Um, And this is one of the uh, Aboriginal Child and Family Centres that was funded and built uh, a few years ago. So how did you first get involved with Yenu Alawa and tell us a bit about your background as well? Okay, so I came into Yenu Alawa way back before uh, Yenu Alawa that this building was built. Um, on an, on, in Mount Joy and I was coming there as a parent with two of my kids um, trying to get my, one of my daughters into preschool before she started school mm. but it didn't work out that way because then Yuala was taking some time to be built so I ended up having to send her to another preschool 
Um, but yeah, but I stayed with my other little girl to um, attend the play groups there. Yeah. So what year was the centre actually built then? 2015. 2015, yeah. right. And it was built by, it was a shared project between Uniting and then it was handed over to the community in... It, when it, yeah, 2015 was when it all came together, when um, uh, FACTS and IAS, the Prime Minister's Cabinet, came together mm-hmm. and it was about bridging the gap um, for children um, from preschool to school. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you found yourself in the chairperson's role, or you're in the acting chairperson's role at the moment. Mm. Um, so well, what's your sort of interest in being involved in the running of, of the centre? So originally, um, one of my other little girls came here to Enuelo, um for preschool, and then, you know, the transition to school um, wasn't very strong at Anuala and so then, and I noticed this when she went to kindergarten and so that's when I decided or maybe I could be a member um, and come on board and sort of have a say. But then one thing led to another and um, <laughs> I, um, I became the treasurer of Enuala and um, and then later on, for different reasons, came on as the the interim chair for now as well. Mm, okay, so, so you you came onto the board and then you found yourself in various roles on the board, mm-hmm. um, and still very interested in uh, the progress of the of the centre. And, and mm-hmm. can you tell us a bit about the sorts of work that the centre does? What are the programs that the centre runs? So, well, there's two parts to Enuala. So there's the long daycare service. Um, 38 children are in there. Um, and then we have our family side, our family centre, that is run by a family support worker. And in that, we have um, lots of uh, outreach workers that come in. And so we've started lots and lots of partnerships and more are still coming on. Um, so we have a doctor. Um, from Kildare Medical Centre that will be starting um, in the next couple of weeks. So they'll be working outside the family centre and servicing um, our Aboriginal families that attend the centre and um, and the community as well. Um, staff and board members also can come in and see that doctor. Um, we also have speech that works out, out of this centre and that is not just for the kids in the centre but it's for community as well. Um, we also have a psychologist, an Aboriginal psychologist that comes into the family space and sees um, families. Uh, we also have the child um, immunisation nurse that comes comes in, and so yeah. So there's lots and lots of there's I mean there's other things there like um, parent workshops that we've started with Community Junction. I mean there's a few few more that um, we've just started. You know that partnership. So yeah. So there's lots of things. So there's and uh, you've got supported playgroups as well in yep. the centre and. Um, <clears throat> You've got a family support worker who works with those groups as well. So you talked about the sorts of things that you're doing in the community. How are you reaching out to the community to um, have that kind of whole community approach? Mm. Mm. Well, I think it starts with the board as well. I think because we have a board that's all Aboriginal, of course, and, um, and we also link people that we know and services that we've worked in or are working in, and we bring them in 
because we know what the community wants. And so it's also through the family support worker that goes out and, um, you know, I mean, previously they used to have a lot of um, playgroups in the park and so that would bring um, community in as well. And, I mean, I remember attending one that was right next door to, well, across the road from the Aboriginal Medical Service in Mount Druitt. So all the families that were coming out were heading straight for the playgroup and letting their kids have a play. So then they'd get that information and then they would turn up, you know, in the coming weeks at NUL or to enrol their children. So, yeah. so having, having been involved really right from the start in mm. different ways, what are some of the challenges that you kind of have experienced in, from a board perspective and also just from a centre perspective? Uh, I think from, I mean, I'll speak for myself only, but for me, um, coming on to, you know, I mean, obviously I love Inuallawa and I kept working on it, um, kept com- coming back even when my kids, you know, were in, in the play group, but, you know, trying to help out and things like that. And you, you start to have a, um, a connection to the service and it's, um, and it's a strong connection that, you know, you start to link in and you link in with the other parents and then you see those parents on a weekend in the shops and, and it's sort of like you start to build this relationship and, and it's a community within a community. And then, you know, you... Um, it. it it's then, you know, I think how I came about being on the board, I don't think is ideal, you know, because I've then signed up for something that, you know, I was should have had a lot more support around and I've signed up but sort of in it and then, you know, there's no backing out. You just sort of think, okay, that, that support's going to come mm. and it sort of didn't. And then it's taken me all the way through to now I'm almost at my two years up and I think it's been the last eight months that have just been really, really hard that, you know, you've got to know what you're signing up for, the seriousness of it, you know, that's, it's been extremely difficult. Yeah, it's hard when you sign up on any board um, mm. to know what you're signing up for. I think that's yeah. one of the great challenges, yeah, isn't it? Clear. And, yeah, and then as a as a new centre as well, mm. you've got particular challenges mm. of starting up and finding the right staff and and uh, oh, yeah. making sure that um, mm. that everybody is kind of moving all in the same direction. So that's it's right. a big responsibility. Mm. Um, would you do it again? Um, yeah, because I think I've learned a lot. Mm. You know, I don't think even though my two years in July is coming up, and so then I'll be stepping down, and then if someone else wanted to take that opportunity, or, you know, I could be voted back up again. Mm. And I guess for me now, I've done so much of the hard work, I would like to be past that, and seeing the success of it, mm. seeing the kids get quality, a quality service, quality and culturally appropriate educators where they're happy as well and then the parents are happy and you, you know I want to see the smiles I want to see especially for me like I said going back it's all about the transition to school and I think Inuella at that time um, it was a hit and, hit and miss and whereas I really want to see that gap closed mm. because I think you know by bringing you know and I think about the family side if you have the family side successful and up and running the way it should be and bring those parents in how great is it for those children 
to see their parents in, a, in their learning space, their learning, their children are learning, I think it's a positive experience. And then they move forward into kindergarten and, for, and, and along, you know, and you hope even like for me, I don't have any children here anymore, but I still keep coming back, mm. you know. And, that, and that's what you and keep returning for is that Yeah, because kind of... I want this to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. for our community. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, I mean, that, that tells a bit about what your sort of big hopes are for mm. the centre, but if you were to think about exactly what it is that you were hoping for the centre in the future, what would it be? Oh, I mean, ideally to have an Aboriginal early learning director sitting there that can speak our language, that has an understanding of what the board wants. It's, it's an unspoken thing. And I think that's where NULL has struggled for that right person. It's just an unspoken thing that you just know, you know, an Aboriginal parent to, to an Aboriginal, to, you just know what you want for it, that nurturing and that, it's, yeah, it's beyond the books, it's yeah. more than that. I've heard you talk um, quite a bit about the importance of Aboriginal services being, you know, owned and operated or run and operated by um, the community, by the Aboriginal community. What can you just sort of explain that a little bit more? Why that's so important? Uh, well, it's important because, like I just said, like it's about speaking the same language. But in saying that, I do feel that even for me, being placed in the situation that I was placed, I feel a bit like. I don't know, like I set up to fail. That's why, I mean, it's great to have Aboriginal organisations such as NUR that are run by all Aboriginal board, um, and that, that's great. But without the people, the external people that have helped me along this way, I wouldn't be here. Nuala would probably wouldn't be here today. So there's no ways I could have done it on my own. So, you know, it is important for us, but I guess you do need that looking for those and recruiting of board members is much more serious than what people think it is. It's not just signing up and coming along to a meeting. You know, your heart's got to be in the right place and you've got to be able to um, keep pushing forward, especially when, like, we've just gone through major changes and still a few more to come. You know, you've got to be able to keep getting up and coming and, and doing it. Yeah. you know, to, to, to work it out. Yeah. So what, what sorts of things do you think you've learnt as a board member along the way that, that um, you know, the sorts of skills that you think you've developed and take with you, um, regardless of whether you're a board member here or not? Um, what have I learnt? Um, I've learnt <laughs> so much. Um, my famous line is now, it's not personal. This is business, <laughs> you know, because there is there's some things that you just have decisions that you have to make, and it's not personal, um, but it's for the for the bigger picture of Inuallawa. So, and that's what I'm about. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about the children keeping the place going and making sure that families are getting what they're paying for, which is a quality service. You know, getting kids through the door, and you know education mm. you know mm. this is where it starts yeah you know. so keeping your eye on the the long-term vision yes. I suppose is, is yeah. one of the skills you've learned mm. I think you've also learnt to um, uh, how to manage 180 things in one hour as well from my observation so um, that's pretty amazing so from your perspective what does a high quality um, Aboriginal child and family centre look like uh, 
it's kids being engaged. That that's it for me. I think I just want to see kids engaged and being settled. You know, I think sometimes our kids come from all sorts of backgrounds and home life is all different for, for everybody. And you know, I think Inuella is that safe place. And I want them while they're here to get the most out of it that they can. And it's, it's being engaged. That's the, been engaged and learning things and it's not just reading books, it's for anything. I just think kids being engaged. Mm. Yes. And, and what about your workforce? Because you've got a developing workforce. You've got, I mean, I know that there's sort of work to do around recruiting people who are qualified and experienced or developing your workforce. What's the plan there? Mm. So, yeah, we have just taken on three new um, Aboriginal staff, um, two assert threes, but I guess it is taking that next step and making sure that we have people to support them to go to the next level, which is diploma. Um, and one of them that we've just hired is Cert 3, but she's in her second year of teaching. And as soon as I knew that, I grabbed her and said, yes, come and work here. I mean, how great would it be to have an Aboriginal teacher who's a local and teaching our children from this community, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So you've got to look <coughs> sort of long-term, haven't you, yes. at that, and, and think about what's up ahead for for the community, but also for the for the workforce, for the um, those educators as well, and what kind of works for their career paths too, haven't That's you? Right. thinking about keeping them in the centre. You might have to That's right. plan a few different incentive <laughs> schemes. Well, that's what we have. I have learned that from you, yeah. Leanne, about trying to change the culture. Um, and I think we are doing it slowly. Like, you know, had a few issues with some parents and, you know, but um, not knowing where, you know, thinking that where it, the board is uh, withholding information and um, met with the parent, and then that parent was able to sit on the interview panel for um, for recruiting. Right. So yeah. you know, transparency. Yeah. Is a big one. Yeah. You know, you know, mm. Aboriginal people want to know what's going on. Yeah. And um, yeah. give it to them. Yeah. You know, That's whether great. it's good news or not. Yes. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. And just you know, they know that the board is working hard, and these are the issues or obstacles that we're facing yeah. um, and those that parent now is sort of you know telling other parents back off that they're working hard and um, and it's the culture is changing slowly yeah great so that's yep that's, and the relationships that you're building there that are oh, allowing yeah. that to happen as well yeah. is that's fantastic isn't yeah. it well because they know then that we're on their side and we want exactly what they want for mm. their children mm. it's just you know the process to get there isn't as quick as what we'd like but it is what it is mm. and you just got to move through it yeah so. now you receive funding from um the uh Prime Ministers and Cabinet and also um, from FACTS. How important is ongoing funding to you? Oh, it is important. I mean, it would be nice if, it, if we, if, you know, I mean, yes, we have to report, but whether it was just a continuous thing where you don't have to panic and what have you all the time, yeah. thinking, oh, we've only got two years, um, that sort of thing. Um, obviously, we need it because especially here in Mount Druitt, collecting fees is extremely hard, you yeah. know, so 
Yeah, so we need that funding. If we didn't have that funding, well, we wouldn't be here. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Yes, and you've got secure funding, I suppose, for a, a, a couple of years with yeah. IS and then a, a few with FACS as well. But really, as you say, mm. if you could be guaranteed that for at least 10 years, oh, things yeah. would look a little bit more relaxed, wouldn't they? In That's terms right. Of not, <clears throat> I suppose not in terms of how your accountability, but more on how you could focus on the future rather than... That's right. Thinking where your next uh, bit of funding's coming That's from. That's right. What about the better. transfer to um, the new package, you know, the CCS? Mm. How's that been going for you? Uh, it's just been okay because I've got a friend, in um, someone I grew up with in um, Centrelink, so I was able to contact her and she's come over here and had three... Um, um, parent workshops um, and so we've, we have had a lot of parents um, signing up that way mm. um, so it hasn't been too bad still mm. got a little way to go but I think we're on track you have to yeah. use all your contacts <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I know NAIDOC week is coming up and I know you've got I think you've got some celebrations planned or you've got some yes so what does that week mean to you Oh, it means a lot. <laughs> it means a lot because, um, especially because of the board, um, we've worked very, very hard and we do feel then we've made it um, and so it is something that we have been planning for a while and our early learning director did um, secure a small pot of money um, and so we were able to use that and because Enuwalawa has been sort of somewhat closed off um, from other service providers and, and that so we decided to open it up and we're hired, we've hired rides and jumping castle and just want it to be really really great for the kids and the community to give back. And so that's what we're doing. Celebration. Yeah. Well, the centre um, is looking really beautiful, mm. and it's um, really, you know, it's a it's a lovely environment to look at now. And you must be very proud of kind of what you've done, but also where you're heading. And if you were to look down the the road ten years time, what would you like to to see? Mm. Um, what I'd really like to see is the. Um, I'd like us to be a lighthouse for one. I'd like other services to become up to be able to come here and sort of in a way just look through and to see how great our service really is. So then they can then go and even if it is a um, a mainstream preschool, that they can take some of the things that we've done and implement it into their service. And also for then us to have more workers and for those workers to be able to go into those mainstream preschools or long daycare services and to support them in what they're doing um, so that would be one thing that that would be a dream um, and the other is just a more functional one where the space that we've currently got I can understand the reasoning behind the open space for our preschool um, but for me, I would really like to see, I don't know, an architect come in mm -hmm. and to be looking at that space so it's more functional. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we couldn't afford that, um, but I would like something. I think then, you know, because it is an open space and it's only um, sectioned off by maybe little bookshelves or little um, dividers, it would be great to see it more of... Um, 
you know, separate rooms. Mm. I think because um, for kids to be engaged, I, I think here, I think the noise level, because we have the high ceilings, mm. our kids are very loud. Um, I think, I just don't think that it's a functional space. Mm. So I would love for someone to come in and um, have a look at that. Do some remodelling of the yeah. space to suit the... Mm. <coughs> because you, do you feel that, that it would be a better learning environment? Yes, yes absolutely. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, that's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> but I have spoken to the University of Wollongong about it mm. and um, they are going to come and just sit back and watch how things happen and um, because they were looking at literacy and numeracy and I just sort of thought... Look, I don't even think we can look at that until we look at the space and actually what is happening in there for the children. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great. Um, so good, great plans for the future and um, really positive path that you're going down. So I'm going to wish you all the best with that because it's exciting for the organisation and <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, you're definitely well on your way, that's for sure. Yeah, There's so many great things happening. So thank you, Kim. Thanks, Thanks for talking to the Early Education Show. <laughs> thank you. You have been listening to the Early Education Show, hosted by Lisa Bryant, Leanne Gibbs and Leah McNicholas and produced by Leah McNicholas. Find us online at earlyeducationshow.com and while you're there, it would be great if you could hit the Support the Show tab where you can become a patron of the show and support us for as little as $1 a month. We really appreciate it. Get in touch with us at earlyedushow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter with the username earlyedushow. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast Store. This really helps other people find the show. See you next time.